Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Got a fascinating article here sent by a lot of people, and it's a great idea, but it's not as broad as it ought to be, and we'll explain it in a second. But the Department of Justice in Washington, D.C. has created an officer misconduct database for federal law enforcement. Federal law enforcement. Uh, the Attorney General says no law enforcement agency, including the Justice Department, can effectively do its work without the trust of the public. So what we're getting at here, this is from the Associated Press, the U.S. Justice Department has created a database to track records of misconduct by federal law enforcement officers aimed at preventing agencies from unknowingly hiring officers with a history of bad behavior. And this was just announced. The federal move is a step toward accountability amid growing calls to close loopholes that allow law enforcement officers to be rehired by other agencies after losing their jobs or resigning after misconduct allegations. And that's a problem at the state and local level also, and I think it's an even bigger problem there. So it's the kind of thing that if states were to institute this, that'd be great, because what often happens, police officer gets in trouble at a department. They launch an investigation, and he resigns. And the moment he resigns, the police department says, well, he's not ours anymore, or she's not ours anymore. Therefore, uh, we're going to close this case. And the officer then can go apply one town over to be a police officer. And they go, well, do you have any disciplinary actions in your, uh, in your history? And he would say no, because nothing ever happened. They started an investigation, but they never finished it. And so those unfinished investigations just kind of vanish. And so we've heard stories before about police officers who bounce around from place to place until they get in trouble and they go someplace else. And now, I've always wondered how often it is that one of the later agencies knows that this is happening, but since the guy was never, or the gal, never actually found to have done anything wrong because none of the investigations ever went all the way through, well, that just doesn't seem right. So the National Law Enforcement Accountability Database currently includes former and current Justice Department officers who have records of serious misconduct over the last seven years. It will be expanded to capture other federal law enforcement agencies such as the Secret Service, United States Park Service, and um, that's according to the Justice Department. The Attorney General said it will give federal agencies an important new tool for vetting and hiring officers and agents that will help strengthen our efforts to build and retain public trust. No law enforcement agency, including the Justice Department, can effectively do its work without the trust of the public. Federal agencies will be responsible for reporting and updating records for six types of misconduct, including criminal convictions, civil judgments, terminations, suspensions, resigning or retiring while under investigation, and sustained complaints or disciplinary actions for serious misconduct. So it is currently accessible by Justice Department employees and will eventually be expanded to allow access by users in other federal law enforcement agencies, as well as state and local enforcement agencies, according to the Justice Department. So what we really need, though, besides this, is for the states to do it. So each state, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, there's more, each state ought to have its own list of troubled law enforcement officers who've had issues. And then to make it work, you actually need to change the one big problem in the system. And that is when somebody starts getting investigated and they resign, they should actually follow through the investigation all the way to the end. Why not? Why, why don't? I mean, a lot of those investigations are over incidents that wind up being lawsuits anyway. 
So you're going to wind up doing a ton of work on the case as it is. Why not finish that investigation? And uh, I can tell you, and, and this is one of the reasons I can make this statement, I'm a lawyer. I'm practicing law now for 32 years, 32. I think I just entered my 33rd year, actually, the way it works. And um, if you get in trouble with the bar and they do an investigation on you and you resign, they go, okay, thank you. But they keep going with the investigation. Why wouldn't they? And it's just, it's just one of those things where, <laughs> and I can tell you, I did a video a couple years ago. I did a couple videos about bad judges, bad judges. And I had actually been in front of a judge. I had a case scheduled to go to trial in front of a judge. We all showed up that morning for trial, and his clerk came out rather sheepishly and goes, yeah, we're not going to have a trial today. And I go, oh, can't get jurors? What's going on? She goes, you haven't read the paper yet? I said, no. And she goes, okay, well, we'll call you. So I walked across the street and bought a paper. And uh, it turns out the judge had gotten himself in trouble. And he was one of, I think, two or three judges in that courthouse. And the allegation had been that he was a district court judge. He also saw traffic ticket cases. And he was accused of, uh, when he saw a woman uh, being you know, brought in for a traffic ticket who wasn't represented by counsel, he'd make a point to call her last or near the end of the call. And so he would call her last and sentence her like you would normal sent, normally sentence somebody. And then the parking lot to the courthouse is right here. When court was out of session, he'd get up, jump into his street clothes, and run around in the parking lot and accidentally bump into the woman he just sentenced. And he'd say, oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah, weren't you just in front of me? Yeah, I'm the judge. I'm not wearing the robe right now. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm the judge. I'm the judge. Um, it's lunchtime. Do you want to go right over there and talk about, your, uh, talk about your case? And the allegation was that he would get women to go to lunch with him and over lunch suggest to them that there might be ways that he could be persuaded to go back in and uh, revisit the case more favorably for her because after having lunch and some other private time with her, he might come to the conclusion that she's not a threat to society or a scofflaw or anything. <laughs> and I'm not trying to just tap dance around this because that's how he'd present it. And what happened was a woman who didn't appreciate the offer uh, reported him. And at first, he denied it. But that allegation made it into the news locally at first, and other women came forward and said, oh, funny thing, I got called last, bumped into the parking lot, lunch over here, and he offered to take care of my ticket for me. Another woman comes forward, yeah. And so, next thing you know, there's, there's a plethora of women coming forward saying, yeah, he made me the same offer. Now, <clears throat> At that point, they start an investigation. Turns out the guy's licensed in two states. He's licensed in Michigan and Florida. So despite the fact that he's a sitting judge who's making very good money being a judge, he very quickly resigned from the bench and he resigned from the Michigan State Bar and skedaddled to Florida. And guess what? The powers that be in Michigan said, we don't care. And they continued with their investigation. And they handed down discipline. Now, the thing is, 
there's only so much discipline they can do to somebody who's fled the state. But his, I believe his law license got revoked uh, despite the fact he'd resigned it. And uh, I think the Judicial Tenure Commission also had some nice things to say about him. And the weird part is that he went to Florida, and the first thing that happens when you show up in another state and you've been disbarred from your previous state is they go, oh, let's take a look at why you were disbarred in another state. So it turns out he couldn't practice there either. Now, it's a very sad story because he wound up um, running afoul of somebody who uh, didn't like him very much. I think it was actually his son. And <clears throat> he's uh, no longer with us, if you know what I mean. And uh, it's actually a terrible story as to what happened to him later. But the weird part about it is, is that I literally had a case set to go to trial with this judge. And the morning of the trial, he wasn't there. And that's when he had decided to resign everything and run away to Florida. And I don't know if he's actually in Florida or was packing at that time, but <laughs> it was right around that time. Weird, weird story. I mean, I've, I've been practicing for 32 years. I've seen a lot of weird stuff. That's one of the weirder stories. And the bizarre part was how many women came forward and said, yeah, he did that to me, did that to me, did that to me. And, you know, if one person makes a crazy allegation against you, you can always defend it by going, that's just one person's crazy allegation. Of course, I'm a judge. I make enemies. Not everyone likes the judge. But all these pretty women who came forward and said you did this, all of them, <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? So um, what I'm getting at there is that you can continue an investigation even if somebody quits and goes, I don't want to, I'm not playing anymore, and you leave. So what? So we need two things to happen. We need a database to get created at the state levels, and then we need them to actually say, we're going to track people who get in trouble and are disciplined, and if they quit during an investigation, we'll track that too. How about that? We'll track that too. And uh, I think they should continue the investigation all the way through to the end. But if they say, look, we can't, we don't have the resources, fine. Put down that they left under investigation and put that in their file so that other agencies will know that. So when somebody pops up four agencies down the road and every single one of them after the first was on notice, it's kind of hard to say, gee, we didn't know the cop had the propensity to do that. Uh, you should have if you'd looked at his record or the database that they keep on these things. So right now, it's a federal database. Like I said, we need a state database. So Claudia Lauer and Alana Durkin-Richer wrote this, the Associated Press. Whole bunch of people sent it. Thanks a lot. DOJ creates officer misconduct database for federal law enforcement. That's for the feds only right now. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. The wages of sin are death, but by the time taxes are taken out, it's just sort of a tired feeling.